who is ready for the word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. The word of God, the kingdom of God, and God is not changed by whatever is happening now in in New South Wales or in any, I don't know, other state that's also in lockdown, but yeah, they are not affected by it. Amen? So we're not submitting to that spirit that's trying to put a, to put fear and um, restriction to the power on the spirit of God to move. Amen. So, and even like in wherever you are, the Holy Spirit is there. So I just like you to open your heart to what God, what I'm going to share with you. But before that, when um, Gerard was sharing, um, I was reminded of this word in Hebrews chapter 2. I will read it in um, Passion Translation. And it says, verse 1, This is why it is so crucial that we be all the more engaged and attentive to the truths that what we have heard, that we have heard so that we do not drift, of course. I'll say that again. This is why it is so crucial that we be all the more engaged and attentive to the truths that we have heard so that we do not drift off course. So this word clearly says that we can drift away, but to keep ourselves sure that we do not drift away because we have an enemy, which is, this, which is Satan, the enemy of our soul, who every day, comes into the presence of God and bring accusations against us. But a man who always put the word of God in front of their eyes and meditate on it day and night, not only on Sunday, will not drift away. Amen. Because there are always going to be temptation, opportunities for us to give up and to give up on the word that we received. Even, you know, the, the Bible is very clear about it. The parable of the sower. The sower sows the seed. So today I'm going to sow the seed. I'm going to sow the seeds that will open. And I pray that will open the eyes of, that will open your eyes and give you understanding of the kingdom of God and its reality that we should be now manifesting and living in. Okay, that's not something, kingdom of God is not something that will, a place that we will go in, go after death here. But it is the dominion and authority that God has given us as children of God. So, what is Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1 saying? We give the more earnest or earnest heed. It's crucial that we should be all more engaged and attentive to the truths. Engage and attentive to the truth. I have also been into the time, uh, I had also experienced watching a live stream service when Pastor Rod is preaching, I, I'm at home. And I can understand that there are a lot of 
distractions that can happen while you are watching live streaming because you are in the comfort of your own house to the point that most of the time you will miss what is important you will miss what the holy spirit wants to speak to you directly so the message is not for your husband or your wife or your children the message is for you amen the word of god transforms us the word of god empowers us the word of god renews our mind so we need renewing of the mind especially now that this kingdom of the world starts to um, manifest the spirit of antichrist and try to break the spirit that god has placed upon us and that is the spirit of victory the spirit of 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 um, overcoming a lot of christians feel defeated downcasted broken because of the situations that are they are in right now and i'm not saying you deny the situation i'm not saying that what i'm saying is there is higher truth than your situation right now if you are going through some financial hardship or some physical ailment or relationship problems that's not that's not what you should be in and that's not who you are the kingdom of god has already declared he has given you dominion and authority over it so don't miss what god has for you i am uh, i i think we we need to understand what this is because it can slip through you know you heard a word today and then forget about it and then the following day you go you face with a situation where that word that you received the day before is being challenged and that is why you need to listen to the word read the word i i mentioned to the adult last wednesday in our prayer time look uh, study the verses that i gave last sunday look at um go to your phone or yeah a phone or a computer and go to concordance and type in kingdom of god look all the verses check all the verses that talk about the kingdom of god because it's so much uh, there's so much about the kingdom of god in in the book in the gospel in the writings of paul and so we need to understand um understand the kingdom of god because we live we have the kingdom of god within us and if we don't understand it then we are not going to manifest what we don't understand amen you can only give what you have you can only share what you understand you cannot you cannot share a wisdom to someone else if you don't have that revelation so i pray that revelation comes to you so don't get uh, distracted don't um, don't be distracted by a lot of things happening now wherever you are just focus on the word so last week i shared about the kingdom of god i started with um jesus has only one message and the reason why jesus returned here on earth is to return the kingdom of heaven to earth restore the authority and the dominion that mankind lost when adam handed over the authority and dominion that was supposed to be his to satan okay so we we i've mentioned a lot of verses there but i want to as a review for those that were not able to watch or listen to the live stream last sunday but it's recorded you can always go back there and listen to it again 
So from the very beginning, Jesus made it clear that the principal need of the human race and the only solution to mankind's dilemma was the kingdom of heaven. That's why in Matthew 4.17, he said, From that time on, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has arrived. I've mentioned that Jesus didn't come to preach religion. He didn't come to start a religion. He came to re restore that authority and dominion that we were supposed to have. But because of the insurrection and, and disobedience and, and Adam declaring independence from, from God that was handed over to our enemy, which is Satan. But when Jesus came here, the first thing he preached was the kingdom of God. The Bible uh, clearly says that in Luke 4.43. He said, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. So if you are asked, by someone, why did Jesus come here on earth? Of course, he's, he came to save us, but that's not primarily the, need, the reason why Jesus came here on earth. Very clearly, Jesus said in Luke 4.43, I have come for this purpose to preach the kingdom of God. So for this purpose, to preach the kingdom of God, that is his reason why he came here on earth. And at the same time, before he was crucified on the cross, um, buried and resurrected, he also said in Luke chapter 9, uh, verse 2, he gave this command or his uh, direction to the disciples and also it is for us. He said he sent them, the Bible says Luke chapter 9, verse 2, he sent them to preach what? To preach the kingdom of God. The, to preach the kingdom of God. So we were not told to preach prosperity. We were not commanded to preach faith. We were not commanded to preach healing. But we were, pre we were commanded or told to preach the kingdom. Why? Because healing, prosperity, salvation, everything is in the kingdom of God. So when you preach the kingdom of God, when you talk about the kingdom of God, when you teach the kingdom of God, everything else will fall into whatever people needs. Healing, salvation, deliverance, um, provision for their needs. It's all in the kingdom. It's a package deal. Amen. So what are we talking about? The kingdom. We, you heard me mention a lot about the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom of God is God's government. The kingdom of God is God's rulership. The, the kingdom of God is God's dominion over the earth. The kingdom of God means God's will executed, God's jurisdiction, heaven's influence, God's administration, and God's impact and influence. So Kingdom refers to the governing influence of heaven on earth. Kingdom refers to the governing influence of heaven on earth. Where are we now? Earth. Earth. Where is God? In heaven. I know we also say Jesus is in you. Jesus lives inside of you. And that's true. But God is in heaven and we have been, um, I think I put that out in, in Facebook, I saying that, God does, God, God does not need you in heaven. Okay, so don't ask God to take you. <laughs> he wants you here. He needs you here. Okay? He's a spirit. And if he comes here and tries to rule, he breaks his own word. Because he already said in Genesis chapter 1, 26, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule. Let them have dominion. So if he comes and rule here, then he breaks his word. 
And he cannot break his word because he's a faithful God. Do you understand? Amen. So God's king, the kingdom of God refers to the governing influence of heaven on earth. And righteousness refers to right alignment and positioning with that government authority. So God's purpose, Jesus' purpose coming here on earth is to preach the kingdom of God and to restore the dominion and authority that we lost. Amen. So, but, and then what is our assignment? Man's assignment, what is now our assignment? We talk about Jesus' assignment or purpose. What is now our assignment? Our assignment was to establish the influence and culture of heaven on earth. To establish the influence and culture of heaven on earth. How do we do that? By representing the value, the nature, and the morals of God here on earth. In this way, God's heavenly rule would manifest itself on earth through his extended image in mankind. Remember, God is a spirit. He cannot rule here if he's a spirit because he will be illegal and he needs bodies. And that's why he gave us his spirit. And with that spirit comes dominion and authority. So we rule. Amen. Amen. So the first kingdom, Yahweh, the king, extended his heavenly kingdom to earth through his offspring, which is us. That's why I mentioned last time, the Bible does, is not, does not speak about religion. It's not about religion. The Bible speaks about the royalty, royal family, the king, his kingdom, and his children. And we are his children. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So in the fullness of time, Jesus came to the earth and reestablished the kingdom. Reestablished the kingdom. Re is a prefix. Reestablish. So every time you see a word starting with re, reposition, remind, uh, renew, uh, restore, that means re is a prefix meaning to rewind back, to go back. So that means renew your mind, renew, renew. We have the mind of Christ before, but because of the fall of man, our, our mind has been polluted. So we need to renew, to go back to the original mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we are not, we are not after heaven. Okay? Heaven is, is it's going to come. But we are not after heaven. We, God is after us ruling here on earth. So because, of course, it calls kingdom. And a king cannot be a king without a domain. Right? A king cannot be a king without someone or people or group of people that he will rule over. So Jesus Christ was called king. Remember? He's called king of kings. So who, who, we are, who are we now? We are rulers. We are rulers of this earth. God has given us the authority to rule over this earth. So he is the king of heaven and earth. Right? Why is he called king of kings? You are rulers. You are the small kings. So he is the called king of kings, which is us. He is called lord of lords. Who are the lords? Us. We lord. We don't lord over people, but we lord over every animals, plants, and even 
the authority, the, the spirit of this government that we have, or you know, everything that is not in line with the word of God, we rule over that. Okay, so because only a king can establish a kingdom, this act alone reveals that Jesus Christ is the king. Even Jesus said that. Let's look at Hebrews, uh, John chapter 18. Sorry, John chapter 18 at Hebrews. You remember when he was brought by people with uh, accusing him wrongly to, um, that's verse 33, to Pilate. And Pilate said, verse 33, then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus and said to him, because the people were saying, uh, he's, he's claiming he's the king, he's claiming he's the king of the Jews, blah, blah, blah. So Pilate wants to make sure, okay? So Jesus, Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Verse 34, Jesus answered, are you speaking for yourself about this or did others tell you concerning me? And verse 35, Pilate answered, am I a Jew? Your own nation and chief priest have delivered you to me. What have you done? So Jesus answered, verse 36, my kingdom is not of this world. So he acknowledged it. He's got a kingdom. Okay? He, Jesus acknowledged it. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom were of this world. My servants would fight. If my kingdom were of this world, my servant would fight. Because the kingdom of this world has nothing, has no power over above the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of this world wants to fight because they don't understand rulership. Okay, I'll share that, I'll explain more about that later on. So he said, My servants would fight. So that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now my kingdom is not from here. So it's very clear. Jesus is saying, my kingdom is not from here. I am in this world, but my kingdom is not from this world. It's not like, this, it's not like the government or the kingdom that is established now here on earth. And Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And what was Jesus answered? Verse 37, you say rightly that I am a king. That's a declaration, right? So Jesus is sure. He didn't say, um, not sure, uh, maybe, um, mm, I don't know. He said, I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, Then I should bear witness to the truth. I should bear witness to the truth. What is the truth? The truth was he was a king with a kingdom. I shall bear, bear witness to the truth. What is the truth? That he is a king and that he has a kingdom. And he said, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. I like that. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Everyone who understands the kingdom listens to me. You don't try to fight the kingdom of God. Because you will find yourself fighting God. Because the king will protect his kingdom and everyone that is in his kingdom. And that's why as a child, ruler, dominion, uh, dominating this earth, the one that has been given the authority and rulership on this earth, which is me and you, you don't need to be afraid because the king will protect you. Amen. So the Bible does not only identify God as king, 
Pati, the Bible also identified Jesus as Lord. So I want to focus, I don't want to focus on Jesus being a king, which I will share that, God willing, next Sunday. But I want to focus on Jesus being God. Which is very timely what um, Gerard shared. Okay, Matthew 6.33. We all know that by heart. Huh? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. And most people would like to concentrate on all these things shall be added unto you. Who doesn't like all these things? Right? Yeah? Who doesn't like all these things? We want all these things. But there is a command before that. There is a direction. There is a, what's that? Um, condition before that. And that is seek first. Yeah? So, I want to focus on Jesus as Lord. So very clearly, the Bible does not only identify God as King, but He also identify the Bible also identify as Jesus as Lord. So one of the most common Hebrew words used to refer to God in the Old Testament is Adonai, which in Hebrew it means proprietor or owner. So Adonai is usually translated in the Bible as Lord. So remember, Lord means owner or proprietor. So I will give you some verses that would prove that even in the Old Testament, the Old Testament speaks about God as Lord and New Testament speaking about God as Lord. Psalms 115, I gave this verse also last um, week. By now, you should know this verse by heart. 115 verse 16. 15, verse 14, I'll start with 14. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. Verse 15. May you be blessed by the whom? The Lord who made heaven and earth. Verse 16. The heaven, even heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. Would you remind yourself, what do you own? Nothing, right? Because the Lord owns everything. He created heaven and earth. But he gave the earth to you to, not to own, to rule. That's two different words. Okay? So the Lord, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. So this is one proof. Example, verse that tells us the Lord is acknowledged or identified as Lord or God identifies as God or Lord in the Old Testament. Another one is Psalms 24, verses 1 to 2. You have to bear with me because there's a lot of verses proving not my own opinion but from the Word of God. The earth is the Lord and everything that the earth is the Lord and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. The earth is the Lord and all the fullness of the earth is the Lord. Okay, the earth is the Lord. So the Bible in Old Testament identify God as Lord. That's what Psalms 124 verses 1 to 2. I read verse 2. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the earth. Then I also read this before we started our um, praise and worship, verses 7 to 10. 
Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Uh, this is one of my favorite verses. And be lifted up everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. So he is king. Who is this king of glory? The Lord. is Strong and mighty. So he, in, in this verse alone, tells us that God is not just king, but he is Lord. Yeah? You see that in your, in your Bible. The king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord. The Lord is strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up you everlasting doors. And the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. So he is the Lord strong and mighty. He is the Lord mighty in battle. And he is the Lord of hosts, of mighty angels. Amen. So lift up your heads. Don't need to be downcasted. Don't need to be despaired. Uh, you don't need to be um, depressed. You don't need to be oppressed because the Bible says lift up your heads. It also speaks about your position, right? You know, your position in Christ does not change. You made a mistake, you're still a ruler. It's just that you left it for a while. You just have to come back. But in your position as a, as a child of God, it's never changed, right? When the prodigal son decided to come back to the father, did the father said, oh, yeah, you took all your inheritance. You went and do all your own ways. Okay, you're going to be a slave. No, never in the mind, never in the thought of the father that the son will come back and become a slave. He, no, he actually, he's ready with the robe and the ring. And the ring is, signifies that you are still the son. Do you understand that? So to be condemned every day by and I'm, I'm not justifying wrong actions or sins. If you're in sin, repent. If you are doing some, you know, if you're doing wrong things and not in line and you know that it's wrong, repent. But don't expect God to condemn you because the spirit of condemnation is not the spirit of God. The spirit of God is the spirit of grace. The spirit of God is the spirit of acceptance and love and mercy. But that does not mean we need to, um, or, uh, what's that, um, abuse. Grace. Grace is always for us, but it can also work against us. That speaks to you. Amen. So one, I want to share one um, story in Mark chapter 11. Let's see how Jesus dis, um, expressed or manifested his authority as, as Lord. It's in Mark 11. Let's go back to the gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mark 11. Okay. It's before Mark 10. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. Okay, this is the story where Jesus um, commanded his disciples that they will need to go to a place, to the village, and just take a cult. Cult. Is that correct? How I said cult? C-O-L-T, cult, okay, so not C-U-L-T, C-O-L-T. What's a cult? Like, it's, a, it's like, look like a donkey or, yeah, a donkey? Yeah, so a horse, a small horse, okay. So when, I, I'll read it. Now when they drew near Jerusalem to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied, and which no one has set. Lose it and bring it. 
And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, say to them, the Lord has need of it. And immediately, he will send it here. And if you look at the story, that's what happened. The person who owns that small horse or the colt or the donkey, ask them, you know. So how, in this story, Jesus acted his authority as Lord. Okay, there is no indication in this story that Jesus has prearranged with the owner of the colt that someone is going to come there and someone's going to take the colt and it's going to bring it to me. There's no indication in this story that Jesus did that. So in those times, cult is a, uh, um, it's, it's a valuable commodity. It's a means for them for transportation. And for someone to just give it without any prearrangement or any payment, that's, that's kind of stupid, right? Because it's like if you're going to put it now in our modern time, it will be like um, Jesus asking you, to pick up um, Kuya Ted's car in, in front of his house and say, just pick it up, right? And Ted comes out and, hey, what are you doing? Oh, the master just need it. And Ted says, okay. That's what happened. But he, he's going to need the car tomorrow, right? Because he's going to work. He's going to need the car for his family to go to the grocery. He's gonna, it's a, a valuable commodity. But in this case, Jesus acted in his authority as Lord. No question. The guy said, okay, just give it. Because why? He owns the cult. He owns the donkey. He owns the grass that the donkey eats. He owns the house of the person that lives, you know, the owner. He owns the owner, actually. So there's nothing that God does not own. So this man who owns the donkey understand that the master owns this. I am just the manager of what the master owns. So Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-11, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Speaking about Jesus, right? He did not consider himself to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, coming into the likeness of men. So are, he's saying that God, I'm just showing you another verse where it speaks about Jesus being Lord. And it says here, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even on the death of even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That confirms that Jesus Christ is not only king, but Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Every knee, every knee shall bow. I believe even a cockroach has a knee. So a cockroach has to bow. Everything that has knee has to bow. Okay? So why are you scared of? What are you scared of? I, I believe this pandemic, this virus has a, a need to bow. 
So he has, it has to bow. Why are you so scared? People of God, it's time to understand what the word of God says. Stop being religious and quoting a verse that doesn't, doesn't even speak to you. Get it sink into your spirit. Wherever you go, God will lead you where you need to go. I know there are some restrictions right there. But to be restricted to where you need to be because God told you to go, look, those disciples didn't even ask him. that Lord, what if this man says, what if this man says, no, they, they were commanded, they went. And all they, they said what Jesus said to, to be said. And what happened? They release it. The men release it. So, you know, when you obey every step, instruction of God, you will not miss it. When God tells you, go there, bring this, go there and bring that. When God says to you, go there and say this, then, God, and, and then go there and say it. And that person has already been destined to do what God says because he owns everything. So Jesus Christ is king and Lord of all. So it is the lordship aspect of a kingdom that makes living in a kingdom better than any uh, republic or any other form of national administration or rulership. That's why I mentioned last time, we, democracy is good, but it's not very good. It's not in line with the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God is different. Lordship in a kingdom protects the citizenship from competition with their fellow citizens for national resources. That's why in the kingdom of God, there's no envying. In the kingdom of God, there is no jealousy. In the kingdom of God, there is no hoarding. Why? Because we, those people that live in the kingdom understand that God is the owner. I am just a steward. So I do not need to be covetous over something else that I don't have because what I have is enough for my need. Because my king knows what I need and my king knows that you know, he's equal. He's, he's, he's got no favorites. Amen. So we don't need to be worried about what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear. If you read Matthew chapter 6, before chap, uh, verse 33, he says, what you worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. Jesus understands your needs. Jesus knows you need to eat three times a day. Some of you eat four times a day. Some even five times a day. Jesus needs, knows your need. Jesus knows that you need money to pay your bills. Jesus knows that he, you need petrol. You need money to put petrol in your car. Jesus knows you need a new shirt and a new pants and whatever you need. Jesus, is, Jesus knows. The Bible says he never sleeps nor slumber. At least you have time to sleep and slumber. He never. And he never worry about it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So in, in the kingdom, the, the king makes sure that what, whoever is in his kingdom is well provided for, well fed. Why? Because it reflects on him. The kingship is reflected, the way the king rules is reflected by the people that lives in his kingdom. If the king, if the people is living in poverty, what is your portrayal or what reflection are you giving to the king? 
That's why when you give and when you share about the abundance of God, you come here and you say, hey guys, I want to share with you how God multiplied my income. I want to share with you how, how God promoted me. I want to share with you how God gave me this favor. That is not arrogance. Don't be offended by people sharing about that. That is not arrogance. They are boasting about their king because it gives the king and the kingdom good name. You want to give your family a good name, right? You want to give your family a good name. And we want to give our king a good name. And when we testify about uh, uh, prosperity, God promoting me, God increasing me, God healed me, God set me free, God delivered me, we are giving him good name. And that's why glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. We give glory to him, not to us. So that's the kingdom. So it destroys such elements as jealousy, fear, deceit, and hoarding. Because in a true kingdom, the Lord owns all resources and distributes the same as he determines. We live in a commonwealth type. Commonwealth? Commonwealth? Commonwealth. Everything has common. Everything common. So submission to a king as Lord positions the citizen to receive from the king. And I used to say we are subjects of the kingdom. But in the kingdom of God, there's no subjects. In the kingdom of God, there are citizens. Amen. That's why your citizenship is in heaven. Amen. Amen. I was not born here. I was made a citizen after two years coming here. And when I, uh, when I came, I went to the council to receive the, the citizenship certificates. Most of you parents would um, uh, know what I'm talking about. Uh, I made an allegiance, not to the prime minister, but I made an allegiance to the constitution of Australia. So when you receive Jesus Christ, you made allegiance to the constitution, which is the Bible. And what is the Bible? The word of God is God. So you didn't just only made allegiance to the word, but you also made allegiance to God. And he is faithful. What you, have, what you have entered into, when you entered into relationship with God, he took it seriously. Amen. So what else he needs to do to you, to prove to you that he loves you? He gave his life for you. Why do you worry so much? If you are citizen of this kingdom, the king provides for you. Because everything that exists comes from him. So Jesus, uh, the apostle Paul in, says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be what? Saved. You shall be saved. You shall be saved from, it means redeemed, brought back, salvaged, restored from your estrangement relationship or rebel because of rebellion against God and you were restored back into re relationship with him. Okay, so the moment we say those words, Jesus is Lord over my life. Jesus is Lord over my children. Jesus is Lord over my family. Jesus is Lord over my workplace. You may be, there may be like 100 people in your workplace, 99 of them are unbelievers and you are the only believer. Still declare Jesus is Lord over my workplace. 
And if you keep believing that, declaring it, manifesting the, the, the kingdom of God in your workplace, one day that 99 unbeliever will become 50 unbelievers because 40, 49 came to the Lord because of what you have expressed and manifested, the, the, the ideas, the value, the moral of God in your workplace. That is kingdom of God. You influence who, wherever you go. You influence. You bring down the mind, the will, the expression of God into wherever you are assigned. That is where, what the kingdom of God is. Okay? So it's not just, hey, Jesus loves you. Yeah, Jesus loves me, but then what? Yeah, we introduce him to Jesus, them to Jesus, but we don't bring them in to the kingdom. That's why we still find believers that backslides. Because they were only introduced to Jesus, but never get into entering the kingdom. Do you understand? So Lordship, Jesus is Lord. Say it with me. Jesus is Lord. Because the only experience most of us here in Western countries that we have with a Lord of any kind is with a landlord. We've rented for a while, so I know about having a landlord. And what is a landlord? They own my house. They own the property that I am living in. And every week or every month or fortnightly, I am required to pay them. I don't own the house, but I can live in the house. So that is what the Lord, a concept of Lord or landlord, lordship we have. So dealing with a landlord provide a small taste of what would be to live all of your life under a Lord. So if you say, Jesus is Lord, you are acknowledging his authority over you as well as your responsibility to obey him. Okay, so when you say Jesus is Lord over my life, you are acknowledging his authority over you and your responsibility to obey him. There is no such thing as lordship without obedience. Yeah? You confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and they quick to say, yes, Jesus is my Lord. Lord, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And then went ahead and lived their life the way they used to live. That is not making Jesus as your Lord. Because Lordship means ownership. Ownership. Everything that you have, everything that you are, everything that every dream, every plan that you have, God takes ownership of it. Okay, that, that is what it means. There is no such thing as lordship without obedience. If he is Lord, you cannot say, Lord, yes, Lord, uh, but Lord. Lord, uh, what if Lord? Don't call him Lord if the next word you will say is but Lord. We have so many buts. Right? We have so many buts. Get rid of those buts. Yeah? If he is Lord, the only thing you say is, Lord, yes, Lord. Not Lord, but Lord. But Lord, yes, Lord. Luke 9.23 said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Jesus didn't say there will be no cross to carry. But he said, you deny yourself, take up your cross, 
But he's taking the, he already took the cross for you. You don't need to burden yourself with taking your cross. You need to follow him. You need to listen to him. Matthew 10, 37, 38. I'm just reading it now because of the time. Anyone who loves his father or more, mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And anyone who does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Do you know, like, um, Jared concentrated on the area of money. But you know, money is not the only thing that kept us bound. Family members can be, can kept us bound. Loved ones can be, girlfriend, boyfriend. You know, if you look at the time you spend time speaking to your loved one, to your boyfriend, girlfriend, you speak more to your boyfriend and girlfriend than you speak to God. And then you have problems, and then you wonder why am I still in this stuck with this mess? Because you never spoke to the one who is your source. I'm still Pastor Chris. Whether it's live stream, whether I see you or not, I'm still Pastor. Doesn't change. Amen. Praise God. So we don't want to hear those things because we don't want to be confronted of things that we hide in darkness. But if you want to live in the light, darkness should come out. Who is your Lord? Who is truly your Lord? Matthew 8, 21, 22. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. How inconsiderate Jesus is here. Like, my father is dead. You don't want me to bury my father? But my, his father is not yet dead. He didn't say there that his father is dead. He just said, let me go and bury my father. So if the father is 50 years old, maybe it will take another 40 years before the father died. But this guy said, Lord, let me take care of my family first. Is God saying, abandon your responsibility with your family and go mission somewhere else in the mountain and live like a monk there? No, God is not saying that. But what he's saying, if you put anyone, anything, money, work, job, career, before him, above him, then you are, he is not your Lord. He is not your Lord. Some of us are looking for revelation in some people's revelation without reading this. Right? And we ask people, what do you think of this? Why ask people what they think might not be what the Holy Spirit thinks? Then go to the source of wisdom. If Jesus is Lord, he must receive First priority in your life. He is above every other love and every other loyalty. He is above every goal, every dream, every ambition. You cannot be a disciple and say, Lord, first let me bury my, you know, Lord, first let me make sure I've got a house. Or Lord, first let me make sure uh, I, I finish my degree. No, God doesn't wait and 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 ask you for your opinion about when he's going to use you or when he's going to release you for your ministry. Calling a praise God. Hallelujah. I'm stepping on some toes. Because it's time to be real. 
Don't call him Lord if he's not your priority. Otherwise, he's not truly Lord of your life, regardless of what you say. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, 46, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Let's read that again. Put that up in the screen. He said, why? This is not from someone else. It's not a parable. It's a sentence. It's a, it's a, it's a statement that Jesus said. Why do you call me Lord and do not do what I say? Do not do what I say. Do not do what I say. <laughs> right? I'll skip this verse first, Lord. Uh, Malachi chapter 3 doesn't really apply to me. Why do you call him Lord and do not do what he says? The Bible says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Praise him with, with, with songs. Praise him with, with lifting your hands. With shout to the Lord. And then you call him Lord and you do not do what he says. Is the Bible his word? Yes. Is the Bible being preached here? Yes. So it's the word of God that we are preaching. So it's the word of God you need to do. Amen. You cannot, make, you cannot call him Lord and then start making excuses for not obeying him. Lord, because, you know, and then you try to blame other people for not obeying him. You are responsible for what God says to you. If God speaks to you and say, give what you have, and then someone, family member said, why are you doing that? I might be, um, what's this, accused of, you're, 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 you're teaching my kids to rebel. I'm not. I'm just saying, if you are not, if, you, if, if your parents or your loved one didn't hear what you heard from the Lord, who are you going to listen to? The Lord. <laughs> Guys. Praise God. Hallelujah. You cannot claim that he owns you. Okay? Remember, Lord is ownership. When you say, Jesus is Lord, you are my Lord, you are saying, Lord, you own me. You own me, Lord. If I own this mobile phone, I have the right to take this phone anywhere I go. I have the right to even break this phone because this is my phone. This is not Larry's phone. This is my phone, but I am also responsible to make sure that this phone works well, clean, right? And function according to what I, how I want this to function. It's, it's um, productive to me because I own. And I have responsibility to make sure it's, it's good, it's, it's working well. I charge it, right? So God has responsibility over us now because you gave him authority to own us. So whatever you need, he's responsible. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. Whatever you need, he is responsible for you. Amen. And who is responsible for you once again? He is the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. So what do you need? Why are you so scared? I don't understand. So you can claim that he owns you and then go ahead and do whatever you please. In the kingdom of heaven, there is no such thing as weekend citizen. Right? In the kingdom of heaven, there is no such thing as weekend Christian. Huh? 
Christianity is not like a, 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 a something to, that you wear on Sundays only. You're Christian in heart, in mind, everything. Inside out, outside in. You're a believer. You're a child of God. You do not follow him one time and not another depending on your preferences. You do not choose. You do not get. Um, you do not choose what you will follow or you will not follow. When God is your Lord, He owns you. He, you do what pleases the one that owns you. If Jesus is Lord, you cannot live for Him on Sunday only, and for your yourself for the rest of the week. Right? We 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 become Christian on Sundays, and then the rest of the week we 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 just live for ourselves and forget about God. Forget about what he said. Forget about what the preaching was. Forget what I learned from Lifehouse. Forget what I learned from Bible study. I'm leaving myself now. No, that's, that's not ownership. That's not lordship of Jesus over your life. If Jesus is, over, is Lord over your life, you acknowledge him every day. Not only on Sundays. Not only when you are around Christian. In fact, it's more important to be really a disciple or a follower or a child of God or Jesus becoming Jesus as your Lord in your workplace where there are a lot of unbelievers because that's where you manifest his kingdom. That's where you manifest his, um, his lordship over you. So Jesus is either Lord of all or he is not Lord at all. The lordship of Jesus Christ is a 24-7 proposition. There is no other schedule. Okay, so you don't have your calendar and you say, Jesus is Lord Monday, Jesus is Lord Tuesday, Jesus is Lord um, maybe Wednesday, no, skip. Uh, Jesus is Lord Thursday, Jesus is Lord Friday. Uh, Saturday, no, I'm hanging out with my unbelieving friends, I'm hanging out, I'm gonna drink, I'm gonna this, I'm gonna do this, this is my life, so cross, not Jesus is Lord, it's not Saturday. Oh, Sunday, Jesus is Lord. I'm gonna make sure I'm there, right? Say amen. You're going to click. I'm watching. Jesus, Lord. Amen. And then God says to you, would you please spare a time to pray for this nation? Jesus is Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus is Lord. But Lord, but Lord. But Lord. But Lord. But Lord. But Lord. Again, what did Jesus say? Many of you will say, Lord, Lord, call me Lord, Lord, but didn't do what I say. Why do you call me Lord, 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 and do not do what I say? So obedience is acknowledgement of lordship. When we obey the king, we are simply saying to him, you are Lord and my life is yours. Your wish, O Lord, is my command. Whether it inconvenience me, whether it's uncomfortable, your wish is my command. Amen. We're quick to when when a guy is courting a girl, they're quick, right? I want some hot dogs. I want some donuts. Oh yes, quick, quick, bye. Right? But then God says something, uh, but Lord. We cannot say no to the flesh. We say we have rulership and dominion. We cannot even say no to a piece of cake. 
piece of cake has dominion over us. We're fasting, we cannot say oh, no to a piece of cake. And then we eat. Then we justify. Uh, I'll just fast somewhere, something else. But God says, that's where your weakness is. Would you give that up to me? That's why there's no power. Because we are trying to fit the word into our lifestyle. Right? What's easier to give up? But God's saying, no, give this up. Disregard that. I'm not hearing that part. This is easier to give up. But Lord said, no. What You know, sacrifice is when it's really hurting you. That's sacrifice. So it's not sacrifice if, you're, if you have $100 here and, and you still have $100 in the other pocket. And God says, give the $100. That's not sacrifice. But when God says, give both. And, he know, and you know you don't have anything but those $200. $100 in your left pocket and $100 in your, one, your right pocket. And tomorrow you know you have a phone bill to pay. You give both. That's sacrifice. Because it hurts. So, yeah. So living under a Lord means, also means giving up all concepts of personal ownership. You don't own anything, but you can enjoy everything. You don't need to own everything or anything to enjoy everything. I don't own a mansion, but I enjoy my house. I am not in a corporate CEO position, but I know I know I'm higher than a CEO of any business here because I am a ruler of this earth. And I am a child of the king. And the Bible says I sit with him in heavenly places. What else do you want? Praise God. So don't look down on yourself and beat yourself up and say, I am so this, this, this. No, you are a child of God. So rise up. Hallelujah. Rise up. The church for a while has just, you know, raising up defeated victims. You are not supposed to be a victim. You are victorious. You are not defeated. You are victorious. Amen. Your situation may look like you're defeated, but your situation is not permanent. What God says is permanent. The king of heaven is righteous and he is Lord who graciously allow us to use and fully appropriate his riches and resources and all good things. And that is the right of every kingdom citizen. And I am a citizen of heaven. I am the citizen of the kingdom of God. And so are you. So I have access to every riches and resources that the king has. Amen. Everything that I enjoy in this world is the king's, the king. The king owns it, but I have access to use it. I don't own it. That's why I don't, I am not deceitful. I will not covet other people's owners, uh, people's things, because I do understand that I am here and whatever I have, whatever finances, I have health or whatever, God has only lent it to me to, to, to steward it, to manage it, to rule over it. But to, to put it in my mind, that's mine, that's mine. And that is the nature of selfish people. That's mine. You're not going to take it from me. How many of us used to think that church is after your money? The church not, does not need your money. God does not need your money. In fact, you need God. Because God is the one that will give you the money. Amen. 
Hallelujah. So we can enjoy all these things without measure as long as we remember who owns them. The moment we begin to think that they belong to us, however, we set ourselves up for trouble. If we think ownership is ours, we make ourselves lords of ourselves. This takes us out of our alignment with the will and character of the king because in his kingdom, there can only be one lord. I'm speaking as a parent. Sometimes it's hard to uh, release your children to God, but that, that, that there was a time God has to speak to me and say, release, you know what? Your problem is you're trying to be God and Lord over your children. You didn't really, you're not really willing to take, to, to give me the ownership over your children. And when I release, and peace just came, right? So some of you, you take, you, because you took ownership of something that you're not supposed to take ownership. God owns it. God owns your family. God owns your plans. God owns your vision. God owns your, your jobs. So don't take it. Don't take that burden. You're not created to take that burden. You're created to rule. And that's the, that's, this is one. Um, studying this kingdom realized, made me realize that this is what I learned from the beginning that I came to know Pastor Paul. He, he taught me how to stand up in the word of God, not to stand up on my own strength. I was telling Cheyenne, you know, I used to, I used to avoid Pastor Paul before. I, I, I don't want to talk to him about my problems. I don't want to talk to him about my issues because I was looking for sympathy. I was looking for him to pat me on my shoulder and say, poor you. I feel sorry for you. I, I, I cannot imagine what you're going through. And there's, there's time for, for compassion and there's time for sympathy, um, empathize with people. But sympathy, you never see that from, from Jesus. Jesus didn't operate in sympathy. Jesus operated in compassion. So I was trying to, like, you know, hide it from him. Now I'm okay. You know, I've got no problems because I don't want to talk to you with my, I don't want to talk to you my problems because I know at the end you will rebuke me. I don't want to be rebuked, okay? I, I want to stay in darkness, all right? But then I learned, no, that is not how I was created. I am a child of God. I have rulership and dominion over my situation, over my circumstances. This job, this work, this finances, this sickness, this, this illness, this, this relationship is not going to tell me or, or direct me on how I'm going to live my life. I can live my life victoriously now because Jesus has defeated my enemy and he is under my feet. I do not even need to battle him. Because the battle is not mine. The battle is the Lord's. Although we wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay? So that's not disregarding intercession and prayer. Because some people, they take that Ephesians chapter 6. We wrestle not and they st stop there. We wrestle not. They didn't continue. We wrestle not against flesh. Some people, they say, oh, the Bible says we wrestle not. That's why they are passive. They don't pray. They don't intercede. They just want things. They just watch things happen in their life, and that's it. Receive it as they come. No, I'm not going to let someone else to rule and to dictate what I'm going, how I'm going to live my life, because the Bible already wrote how I'm going to live my life victoriously. Amen. If I bow, 
to a money or finance because I don't have money now, then I'm saying that money owns me. You don't look after money, you don't run after money. You serve God and money runs after you. Amen. Amen. So what happens when we think of ourselves as owner? We get anxious. We get worried because I have to make things happen. We live in fear of economic downturns, inflation, downsizing, pandemic, lockdown. But that is not the kingdom thinking. In the kingdom of heaven, there is no economic crisis and there are no shortages. In the kingdom of God, there is no economic crisis and there are no shortages. Look at the story of how God provided manna. We were talking about it last night. Bread and quail coming from heaven. Amen. If God needs to open the roof of your house to bring you manna and quail, he will do that. But the first thing you need is to trust in him. Gerard said that trust. Trust in him. And make him Lord. Let him own you. Let him own your money. Let him own your business. Let him own your family. Let him own your relationship. Don't take over. He is Lord over your life. Amen. With a king who owns everything, how can there be shortages? With a king who owns everything, how can there, how can there be crisis? With a king who, who owns everything, how could there be shortages of money, shortages of, 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 of food, shortages of healing, shortages of this and shortages of that? There is no shortages in the kingdom. You will never even see a person lining up for, medic, um, for uh, Centerlink because they needed money. And our last resort is Centerlink. Before even coming to, going to Centerlink, why don't you pray and God and ask, Lord, open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessing that there will be no room for me to contain. Too much for me to contain that I have to call my neighbor and say, hey neighbor, I have so much here. Can you please come and take some? But the, lo the, more, the more our kingdom, our thinking is not in the kingdom, we look at the government. Yeah. And this is what the government want. They want to, 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 to control you and to, to say, you need me. No, I don't need you. I need God. Amen. I need God and I am in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not subjected to the kingdom of this world. Yes. Do you understand? When we Understand our sense of ownership and acknowledge God as the owner and ourselves as stewards. It relieves us of the pressure of having to worry about how are we going to make it. Because we are now depending on him for our welfare. Amen. Medicare, Centerlink is not in the kingdom of God because it's never going to be in the kingdom of God because there is no shortage in the kingdom of God. There is no lockdown in the kingdom of God. There are no small businesses that will suffer in the kingdom of God. That's why it's never been in the ruling or constitution of the kingdom of God. So letting go of personal ownership also nourishes and re releases a generous spirit within us. What I have, I don't own. And I, if God tells me, give it to someone, then yes, Lord, I'll give it to someone. Because it's never been mine anyway. Yeah. It's never been mine anyway. If God tells me, give $100, $500, $600, $1,000, yes, 
Yes, Lord, because it's never mine anyway. And I know when I give it, God will return it to me multiplied. Okay, as a matter of fact, the best time to give is when things are tight personally. Because that is when you acknowledge that he owns even what you don't have. <laughs> I like that. Because when God says, you have $100, that's it, what you have. And I'm not just talking about money, even relationship, you know. This person doesn't like you, okay. They don't want you to be in your relationship because they don't want to believe in God. And you're a believer of God. In the first place, you should not be um, in a relationship with unbeliever. That's already disobedience, right? So some of you guys need to talk to me. Anyway, um, that's another issue. But yeah, so if I release something to God, give it. It never went away from me. I actually opened the door for the owner to give more to me because I don't own it. But God sees that because I don't take ownership of what I have and I was willing, generous to give it to someone, then God will give me more because he wants me to bless more people. Through me, God will, people will be blessed. Amen. Amen. That's what he said to Abraham. I will make you a nation, a great nation, so that other nations will be blessed. God will bless us so that other nations will be blessed. Why would God bless you if you are not going to bless people? If you are covetous, yeah, you're not going to be blessed because you want to keep it to yourself. But if you understand that you don't own anything, but you can enjoy everything, and God owns anything, everything. So you acknowledge that he owns even what you don't have. The greatest sign that you truly believe that Jesus is Lord is by how much you are willing to get rid of, of what you think is yours. You have learned how to live under a Lord when you give freely without hesitation, regret, or fear. And say to the Lord of all with a joyful and willing spirit, it's all yours, Lord. It's all yours. Everything I have, everything that I will have, every dream, every plan, it's all yours. Amen. Because you own me and everything, even everything that I don't have yet, you own. And you're more than willing to give it to me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So let's just pray and make this confession, everyone. Just follow me. This is a confession. Put, I like what Gerard said, put your hand in your heart. Okay. So let's confess, everyone. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Today, I declare that Jesus Christ is not only my Savior, but He is my Lord. Lord Jesus, I give you the full ownership of my life. Everything I have and everything I am belongs to you. I belong to you, and you belong to me. And because I belong to you, and you belong to me, I have no reason to fear. I have no reason to worry. I will seek your kingdom daily, and all these things that I need will be added to me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. This I confess. In Jesus' name.
Amen. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father, we give you praise and we give you all the glory. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. And Father, if there's anyone, oh Lord God, that has, uh, has not been has not entered into a relationship with you. They have not made you as their God, as their Savior, and as their Lord. Hallelujah, Father, I believe that this is the time for them to surrender their lives to you wholly and fully, 100%. Even those that have made you be the, the Lord and Savior, but never been, never had that experience and, and, and allowed you to take full ownership of their lives. They may be members of this church. They may be people that will listen to this uh, uh, after this uh, live stream. Those that are listening right now that are not members of this church right now, Lord. In Jesus' name. If you haven't made Jesus as your Lord, it's time for you to, to just confess it and receive it and say, Lord, I'm, I, I'm wrong. I, I, I made a mistake. I, I, I just said it with my mouth, but I don't really mean that you take ownership of my life. And I remember repent from that and from today on lord god once again i want you to take ownership of my life i want you to be my god and i want you to be my savior and i want you to be my lord in jesus name take ownership of me take ownership lord god in jesus name and i thank you father and if you have made that prayer please let us know so we can pray more for you and send you some materials to help you with your spiritual walk with God. And let's just, just acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus Christ every day in your lives. And Holy Spirit, I release your blessing over your people. I release, oh Lord God, the, the revelation of the word over your people, understanding that they will be able to, Lord God, not just today, every day from from today until the next Sunday, Lord, that the Holy Spirit will remind them of who Jesus is to them. Oh, Lord God, that He is not just God. He is not just their Savior, but He is also their Lord in Jesus' name. And I give you praise and I give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church, and I'll see you next Sunday. And let's just confess it. Jesus is Lord. Amen. God bless you. Amen.